G'day regular radio regulars and welcome to the regular radio podcast, the show that gets up and close and personal with musicians from around the world. This episode on regular radio, we've got plenty to get through, including chatting about Taylor Swift's red release, the dangers of mosh pits, Avril Lavigne, Korn and Limp Biscuit releasing new music and Billie Eilish performing on Sesame Street. That's right. We've also got Newsman back with more 90s reminiscing because there wasn't enough in that first paragraph. And of course, to kick us off, we have a brand new artist to the regular radio podcast. So brand new, in fact, that you have likely never heard of her. Katie Lee is only 16 and resides in Auckland, New Zealand. In this episode, we invited her for a chat about her track Lonely Hearts Club. A mature pop track that is well-written, catchy, and just a phenomenal work for someone of her age. Welcome to Regular Radio, Katie Lee. Hi, thank you for having me. We know it's a little bit late over there, your time, so thank you for bearing with us. (laughs) Yeah, and a school night. And a school night. Thank you, Mum and Dad. Now, we usually have a bunch of questions formulated off the back of countless hours of social media account dredging and information we can find online about a band or artist. However, being so young and having limited releases and associated social media accounts, it's been incredibly difficult to pen a bunch of noteworthy questions. So, on that note, Katie Lee, tell the regular radio listeners a bit about yourself, how you got into music, and how Lonely Hearts Club was written and produced. All right. Um, let's go back to the beginning, eh? Let's do that. Um, I came home, <laughs> I came home from um, preschool when I was like three and I came home to my parents and I was like, me and my friend are going to start a band and that's basically how music started and then I became a massive fan of Taylor Swift and I heard you speaking earlier about the red re-release. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I sobbed my eyes out, but... Oh. um. It's so good. <laughs> and just kind of kept growing and kept making music. And then one day I was scrolling Pinterest and I saw a pin that was like, Lonely Hearts Club. And I was like, ooh, that could be a cool song. And I later on realized, I think it's a song by like the Beatles, is it? It is. Yes. But I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was playing around and I just wrote a banger. You did. You did indeed. Is your friend still in the band? Your kindergarten friend? No, I lost touch with her, but... That's disappointing. Sadly. That would have been the best story if she was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that actually would have been the best album cover, actually. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think you fit into the New, New Zealand music scene currently and where do you see yourself heading in terms of a musical career? Um, ooh, that's a good question. Currently, I'm still, like, breaking through the surface. Well, like, breaking through beneath the surface, you know what I mean? I don't know. (laughs) Like, I'm still very up and coming, and I've got some cool opportunities to record some new songs, which will be very cool. So I'll be able to release those and hopefully get more people listening and, yeah, get some fans. <laughs> get some fans. We can probably provide you with two, just me and Emma. Hell yeah. And if some people listen to the podcast, we might even get that up to five. 
some people. Come on, we have more than some people. <laughs> I hope. Being such a fresh face to the industry, who are your musical idols and where do you draw your inspirations? Ooh. Um, there's this New Zealand artist called Paige. I'm not sure if you've heard of her, but she's great. She's um, an up-and-coming artist, more up-and-coming than me. Uh, but she's really cool, and I find her very inspiring, as well as Benny, who's another Kiwi artist, and, of course, Taylor Swift, they. Oh, yep. <laughs> we'll let her know you said hi. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. That's so cool. Other than music, what else are you passionate about? I started getting into photography a bit. Um, I... Oh, what have I done for photography? I take my camera sometimes to shows and attempt to take photos of the performers. Um, emphasis on the attempt, but it's fun and it's very cool. I'm also getting really into crystals. Um, my partner and I have have started a crystal business online on Instagram, uh, which we launched today actually, which is quite exciting. That's but yeah, awesome. feel free to throw a plug out. You're more than welcome. At Algaia Crystals, if you want to check it out <laughs> for some cool rocks. Yep, and just so everyone knows, that's not crystal meth, that's crystals. Yeah. <laughs> Good to clarify that, eh? Yeah, yeah just, just to be safe. Yeah. <laughs> Might not look too good. <laughs> Speaking of photography, what inspired the imagery of you holding a clearly homemade birthday cake with the song title in the icing for your single art? Um, there's this artist called Francis Forever who did a similar sort of thing for their release of one of their songs and I thought it was really cool to have like a party theme and it's ironic, it's like Lonely Hearts Club, yay, party is like the opposite, but it's cool. I was just hoping it was a well-timed birthday cake that you were like, yeah, I'm going to use this and ice it up. And was there a real <laughs> cake under there and did you eat the real cake? <laughs> There was a real cake, and yes, I did eat it, and it was very, very good. Was it a good cake, or was it like a carrot cake or something healthy? It was just a vanilla cake got from the supermarket. Yep, but deal. Yeah. All I want is cake yeah. now. Thanks, guys. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Nice. Yeah, I know. I really enjoyed it. It looked like a very 1970s, like if you'd removed the fact that there was obviously the song title in the icing, it's kind of like watching an episode of Stranger Things when, you know, it's a very heavily themed 70s, 80s type situation. It could have just been a picture of my sister on her birthday holding a cake up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. Yep. <laughs> if you could perform anywhere in the world, Katie Lee, where would that be? Oh, so many places, honestly. Um, I really want to perform in the US. Honestly, just anywhere in the US. Yeah. Um, but also, I want to perform at Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland. Yep, nice. It's like one of the biggest, lots of people can go there. So mm. I think that would be really sick. Yeah. That would be cool. I'd like, can I just say, I actually am very inspired at how motivated and focused you are on, on what you're doing already. I just think there's so many 16 year olds. Like, I think back to how I was when I was 16 and. You got you're sorted, girl. You're more motivated <laughs> than we are to get this right. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. This is really oh, awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it. 
So what do you like about uh, obviously living in New Zealand? Um, it said that you uh, reside in Auckland without giving your address away. How Auckland are you? City Auckland or country Auckland? Um, I'm in South Auckland, so it's a good like half an hour out of the city centre, but still nice place. Yep. Nice, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. That's good. Well, obviously, I mean, there's a lot of busking opportunities in Auckland City. There's plenty of great little venues. Um, yeah, so, yeah, pl- plenty of places to perform. Mm, busking's a big, a big thing I do in summer on Queen Street. Yep, nice. Is, yeah. And how do you go juggling school and music and music and school and school and music, etc.? Um, I tend to do music stuff more on the weekends and right when I get home from school. But next year I won't have to juggle it so much because I got into a music uni politic sort of thing. So I'll be able to do music at uni and then also outside of school. So it'll be cool. That is so cool. Well, thank you very much for your time tonight, Katie Lee. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and, you know, keeping in mind that it's almost 10.30 at night there and you've got school tomorrow. So you should be in bed by now. (laughs) We wish you all the very best for your musical career and future. At Regulars, you can check out Lonely Hearts Club on our episode four playlist. And don't forget to swing Katie Lee a like and a share on social media. Awesome. Thanks, (laughs) y'all. Thank Thank you. you. It's been a pleasure. G'day regular radio regulars and welcome back to uh, this fortnight's news for this episode. Pretty excited to be back with you, um, ready to share with you all the latest in what's been happening in the music world. I'm also super excited. I've got a brand new microphone, which I'm getting to use now for the first time. Um, Apologies for the the awful uh, sound quality of my news over the past couple of episodes, but we're, we're getting there. Uh, and hopefully this one is much clearer for you to be able to listen to um, this wonderful, exciting news. So anyway, we'll get straight into it. I've got a bit of a different story to share with you this podcast. Now, this one's going to take you back, all the way back, in fact, to the 90s. And you will know, of course, the iconic 1999 film Cruel Intentions. Well, it's been given the musical treatment, like so many other films, and it's coming to Melbourne and Sydney in 2022. Cruel Intentions, the 90s musical, threads elements of the original film with a soundtrack of 90s bangers from all your favourites. We're talking Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney Spears and yes, the Verve's Bittersweet Symphony will also be included. The Australian production of Cruel Intentions, the 90s musical, is being staged by David Venn Enterprises, the same company behind the musical version of The Wedding Singer and Bring It On, the musical. The musical was created by Cruel Intentions original writer slash director of the film Roger Cumble, as well as Jordan Ross and Lindsay Rosen. Producer David Venn could hardly contain his excitement when interviewed, saying, We can't wait to bring this fun-filled show to Australian audiences. 
Cruel Intentions story has intoxicated audience since it was first released over 20 years ago. Jeez, time flies. Prepare to be charmed all over again as this musical brings the film to life in a whole new way with 90s tunes offering the ultimate throwback experience. Already, the production has seen success in the UK and North America, with sold-out shows even drawing praise from the film's cast when it first hit American stages all the way back in 2015. Cruel Intentions the 90s musical will premiere in Melbourne with a series at Athenium Theatre from May 25th. It then heads to Sydney's State Theatre from June 29th with more Australian cities still to be announced. If this is something that you're going to be into, then you can of course join the waitlist at cruelintentions.com.au. Ah, sounds like it's going to be a pretty good show. Now, regulars, this reminds me of uh, something that happened to me recently. I purchased... Uh, tickets for my wife and I for Friends, the musical, which was touring all around um, Australia and I think internationally as well. Of course, um, that was completely postponed due to um, the C word that I'm not allowed to say, but it was fallen, uh, he had fallen victim to, um, you know, a lot of the other um, musical theatre and and um, concerts that have been cancelled over previous times. So I'm looking forward to getting back and uh, seeing that musical and then hopefully being able to check out Cruel Intentions uh, when that comes to us here as well. Anyway, if you'd like to hear more about our feature story for this fortnight, then please head on over to our Twitter page at news underscore regular and you can read all about this story as well as a bunch of other stories related to all things music that we share here on our podcast. Anyway, that's all for now. Until next time, as always, stay regular. So, Tay-Tay re-released Red this week in what some fans have described as an emotional time. Red, Taylor's version, was perfectly marketed in the countdown on socials in true Taylor style and even features a short film for her 10-minute version of All Too Well, which was never actually picked as a release single on the original release of the um, album. Yeah, fun fact there. And according to the socials tonight, because I've been lurking a little bit, um, something else is about to launch with Blake Lively as the director. So I, I would I would go ahead and assume that there would be another music video, little Hope, yeah, you know, movie that she's hopefully going featuring about there. Blake Lively. <laughs> no, she's, she's lovely. She's just the producer, apparently. Oh. Um, but yes, you know, on all accounts, releases, trends, etc., it appears Tay has completely swept her Swiftiverse off their feet. What? Yep. Say that again her fast. Swift verse. No, start the whole thing. Swept her swift verse. <laughs> yes, swept her swift verse off their feet. Nice, good work. Got this. <laughs> <laughs> and you lost your place, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> so I do encourage anyone and everyone to give Taylor's Red a listen. Do it. It's not too often that you get a 10 minute long pop song. Yeah. You know, there's been a few 10 minutes out there, but very hard to get radio play. I think if anyone can do it in this day and age, it's definitely Tay-Tay. Certainly is. Uh, well, also on top of that, we've got a whole bunch of 90s stuff as we discussed in our intro. <laughs> I'll try and get through them as quickly as possible. But a couple of weeks ago, news dropped that Avril Levine signed with Travis Barker, the Blink-182 <gasps> drummer's record label DTA Records. 
Dropping her latest single, Bite Me, on November 10, the Canadian musician appeared in promotional photos looking very much as she did in her girlfriend era. I'm not sure she actually ages. <laughs> no, well, there's there, there are rumours that she's actually a fraud. A and robot. The real, the real Avril Lavigne's actually dead and this is just a that copy. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've just cloned Avril's. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, wearing her knee-high leather boots and her signature emo-style outfit in her... Production photos. Uh, Levine and Barker performed together recently at the House of Horrors concerts, which also featured Mark Hoppus and Machine Gun Kelly. (laughs) Levine's previous record was released in 2019. We should expect more in coming months from the pop punk princess. Uh, Bigger news, Limp Bizkit released their first new album in 10 years on Halloween. I think that's so sick. Oh, my God, I'm so old. Well, actually, you're so old. (laughs) Yeah, we're so old. (laughs) The album titled Still Sucks, which is great, uh, released only digitally, a first for the band. Sadly, if you want a cassette, CD or vinyl edition, they don't exist. So too bad, so sad. Uh, Ridiculed as being new metal bottom feeders, upon announcing the release of the album, folks flipped on that, announcing the biscuit as New Age Kings. Loudwire.com, speculating this is a troll move to garner sales, increases in a predicted eventual physical release of the album. Durst and the rest of the band seemingly have decided to just get with the times and give people what they want, streaming music. With a modern resurgence in popularity of vinyl, though, this may yet prove to be a bad decision for the band. Uh, and finally, making the most of quarantine, Jonathan Davis and his Corn Brethren wrote their latest album, Requiem, which drops in its entirety in February 2022. Since coming together, Corn has sold over 40 million copies of their music worldwide, and the album is available to pre-order now from your nearest stockist. And just taking a little bit of a, a change in, in pace, because, you know, Craig, Oh, I said his name. Oh, no. Because the news. I have to do editing. Sorry. Because the newsman uh, had to feature a story story on Billie Eilish a few episodes ago. I just thought it'd be great to uh, also mention that she popped down to Sesame Street for a duet of her song, Happier Than Ever with The Count. What a happier place to sing a happy song than Sesame Street. Debuting on 11 November to celebrate the 52nd season of Sesame Street. Wow. Billy's full version won't be released until the 16th of June 2022. Yes, that's right. I love that they're calling them seasons now. Have you watched every season of Sesame Street? Oh, God, no. (laughs) That would be awful. For now, you're going to need to sneak in a peek on YouTube. And it's actually very sweet, might I say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, having watched it, like the production quality is ridiculous for Sesame, even for Sesame Street. They've been <laughs> around a fair while. The Muppets, you know. <laughs> but yeah, they they did it justice. It's quite cool. Yeah, I think so. Uh, finally, from our little chat in sad news from around the world, Travis Scott's Astro World Festival concert resulted in the deaths of nine people so far as 50,000 people surged around Energy Park. The chaotic crowd appearing to swallow up individuals. 17 other people were taken to hospital experiencing cardiac arrest due to the stress and anxiety experienced during the incident. Our regular radio would like to remind its listeners to be safe at any music event you attend and to always look out for those around you in large crowds and mosh pits. Unfortunately, accidents do happen, and in the case of Astro World, people have lost their lives at what should have been a fun and happy event. Our thoughts go out to the families of those killed during this tragedy. 
But anyway, let's get back on track with some happier stuff and chat about our picks from this episode. Yes, so I'm going to nominate Miss Katie Lee, who we interviewed, as uh, the top artist for my pick. Uh, I'm fast becoming a fangirl, JD. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> yeah, I think she's pretty awesome. I'm a massive fangirl. She's really fun to talk to. Can we just please note that we've received a lot of submissions from emerging and up-and-coming artists over the years, and none have been of this quality, and I'm going to say a word that doesn't exist, catchiness. So go follow Katie Lee now. Go. Yeah, just do go. it. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> her song think, is The Lonely Hearts Club. Too. I think we're going to be hearing and seeing a lot more of her in years to come. I think so. I hope so. Well, my pick for this episode is obviously going to be Limp Bizkit with their track Out of Style from the new Still Sucks album. I mean, they're just on point. And they're making me reminisce about being a 13-year-old wannabe gangster <laughs> in my three sizes, two big cargo pants, my starter Foo-boo cap and my jeans. skate shoes. Oh, <laughs> had my awesome skate shoes on. Yeah, just dressed to the nines. Uh, hoodie about nine sizes, too big as well. Got to have your chain hanging out the side exactly. of your pocket. Yep, yeah. my chain. <laughs> I was the man. I'm totally going to be streaming this all week long, so I suggest you all check it out now. And I'm going to uh, also throw in my third pick as Ziggy Alberts because you cannot go wrong with Mr. Ziggy. (laughs) What do you reckon? Yeah, no, I enjoyed that track. It's really good. (laughs) And, uh, you know, no personal predetermined bias in that one at all then? No. No. Well, that's it for this episode and what a great one it's been. Thanks for sticking with us. We hope you're enjoying our new format, all the great music we have on our playlists and the interviews from the great bands and artists we've had on so far. Next episode, we'll be relaunching our website too. So keep an eye on our socials for more information on that. Stay safe and as always, stay stay regular. regular.